going to read a couple scriptures here. And uh, um, I've had this um, on my heart since uh, Sunday morning, and I didn't get to preach it to you. Uh, and so I, uh, I've had an opportunity to let it simmer. And so <laughs> um, I love the Lord tonight. And I love what, what happened on Sunday, the move of God that we had. It is so awesome what God did. I appreciate everything that he does for us. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall... Depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So I want to deliver this message to you tonight, the branding of apostasy. The branding of apostasy. And the word apostasy is basically the abandonment of a belief. And we, we believe, if you'll allow me for just a few moments here to build a foundation from where I want to go, um, we believe that the Bible is God-breathed. Can I get an amen? And, and the only holy book that has historical evidence to validate its claims, the only book that mankind would ever lay their hands and their eyes on that that is that uh, that the claims uh, in the Bible are are validated through historical evidence. You know, around 700 years before God robed Himself in flesh, there were prophecies that spoke of this incarnation. We read that in Isaiah 9 and 6. We all know that scripture very well. We know that many many prophecies have been fulfilled. And there are many to, to be fulfilled even today. Paul writes of these events and some claim that these uh, events have already been fulfilled. But I, I believe that, that some are still being fulfilled. That we're still living in the time before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Which means there are prophecies that are unfolding all around us. It wasn't just for the day shortly after uh, Jesus ascended uh, that, that there was a falling away. But that there is still a falling away. Paul write, uh, he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 like we just read. And he said, what he said is that the Spirit speaketh expressly. What, what he's saying is, is the Spirit described distinctly that some shall depart from the faith. Now, we've talked about this before in the past, the faith. Depart from the faith is different than depart from your faith. Depart from the doctrine that was delivered once unto you. Some people will depart from the faith. They will depart from the faith. 
This wasn't a one-time event like some believed that this will happen until the end of time. Some believe that the departing happened in that time frame. But there are people today all around us that are departing. They're leaving the faith. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. The very words of Jesus here as he, as he spoke, a timely word, not just in that day, but for us even here today. We will be hated of all nations for the name of Jesus. That's what we experience today in this life. Whenever somebody makes a stand for Jesus, the culture that we live in, then there's automatically some hate. Have you ever felt that? You start talking about Jesus, and you get, you get, you get the attention of, uh, of the hungry, but you also get the attention of those who hate the name of Jesus. Many he said, Jesus said, many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. The very things that we still see happening today. Verse 11, there will be voices that deceive. Just like today, there are so many different denominations and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. There are people with all kinds of far out uh, doctrines and ideas concerning uh, the Word of God and, and their interpretation of the Scripture. In fact, they will go, you, you, can pick up a, you can pick up a Bible that has commentary in it today by some of the uh, more famous preachers that have 10,000 plus congregations and you can read the ideas that they have placed within the, in the commentary that will uh, promote their agenda and their viewpoints, just like, just like we have an apostolic Bible. You know, they have their own variation, and, and what they call as, as a anti-Trinitarian, they call it a heresy. But we believe it as truth, that there's only one God, and we, we know these things. So there will be many that will deceive. In verse 12, because of an increase of wickedness, the love of many shall get cold. Which literally what that means is the temperature drops. So there will be people who were once on fire, now they're cold. Cold in the very presence. We're living in that day, right, where, where apathy has a grip on people that are on the pews. They're, they're sitting uh, in churches all around the nation. And, and they, uh, they are numb to the very presence of God. 
But the ones, in verse 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the ones who resist the enemy and fight for truth and hold on to their convictions and endure to the end, those will be the ones who are saved. One of the things that I just felt really strong to to talk about tonight was personal convictions. Now, what we have to do is we have to be careful when we talk about personal convictions. You know why? Because they're personal. What you need to be saved may not be the same thing that so-and-so needs to be saved. But God will deal with each man accordingly to what will save them. And so when God places something in your life that says, oh no, I should not do that. I should not partake of that. I should not uh, behold that with my eyes. I should not stare at that. I should not fantasize of Those things that God places in you personally are to keep you from being lost. And they're to lead you to that place where you can endure to the end. So I feel, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now, what we have to do now is get a hold of the convictions that we originally received from the Lord and hold on to them because that's what's going to keep you saved. That's what's going to keep you in the ark of safety. God, don't let us get cold and lay down convictions. When we felt like something was wrong before, now it's not time to to question what that was, what that came from. Because God deals with us and He speaks to us through those convictions. The reason that you feel the way that you feel concerning those things is because God is dealing with you, He's speaking with you, He's saying, This is what it's going to take to resist the enemy. He said, many will become cold in the last days. People will desert their convictions because of the pressure of being politically correct and socially acceptable. There's no way to explain away the dangers in standing up for what we believe and holding our convictions uh, through those dangers. There's no way that we can brush that off. They're going to come as long as we are people of the name and people hate the name. The pressure's going to come. The dangers are going to, the perils are going to come. Oh, but it is worth it to stand my ground and hold on to my convictions because that is what's going to keep me saved. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, or dangerous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. That is dangerous. It's dangerous to see this, to see these words, these descriptive words here. Timothy inspired, God breathed instruction and correction, shall be lovers of their own selves. That is the day that we're living in. And and for people to be blind to the fact that we live in a very narcissistic culture. And it's all about oneself. It's all about me. It's all about what I need and what I desire. These are the very things. I'll be lovers of themselves, covetous, 
boasters proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. The dangerous times will come and persecution, trials, and, uh, and uh, uh, the scoffing will come. There will be scoffers. When you stand up for Jesus, there will be scoffers. There will be haters of the name of Jesus. For men, let's go to verse 3. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, haiti, high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, Humans will become self, selfish and self-centered. Chasing money and coveting riches, proud against man and against God. Unpersuadable. The dangerous times of somebody not being able to be persuaded to lay down their self-will, their self-agenda. Brother Plowman, we were just talking about that. It's so hard to get people to come to church. Why? Because you can't persuade them that what they're doing is wrong. You can't persuade them ah, that there's anything uh, uh, morally absent in their life. You can't persuade them. Unthankful, wicked and disobedient, hard-hearted, false accusers without self-control, savage, despise those who hold, listen, they despise those who hold their biblical convictions. They're conceited pleasure seekers who love their pursuit above God. while having a form of godliness. All these things that we've just talked about, self-centered and wicked things, while having a form of godliness. Was it necessarily talking about sinners? Because sinners don't have a form of godliness. Talking about people who have gone wax cold. People who are in the process of departing from the faith. I don't believe that there's anybody in here like that. But I believe the warning needs to be declared. That that's where we're at and that's what we're facing is these very things, these dangerous times that are trying to get us locked in in our own things, in our own pursuits that will give us a form of godliness but at the same time will deny the very power that can change and turn lives around. While having a form of godliness a form of holiness. These are people on pews who have lost their convictions and have been lured into a place that the devil is enforcing the branding of apostasy. These profess Christianity, but their heart is not in it. 
This shows us that there is corruption within the church. The churches who only have religion and not relationships. People clock in but deny the power that works through our relationships with Jesus. Uh, they Turn away from them, the, the, uh, Jesus said. Turn away from them. Get out. Or Paul, Paul said, turn away. He's saying, get out, run. Hold fast to your convictions because that's what God has given you to keep you from the branding of apostasy, to keep you from the enemy branding, making a stamp on your life that will cause you to abandon your faith, will cause you to abandon the faith that was once delivered unto you. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Some will desert the faith. Because they listened and traded their convictions. They gave their minds to the seduction of demonic spirits and doctrines of devils. The devil truly is in church business. He will let some be religious because he knows there's no relationship. No relationship is no power. No power is no resistance. Our power comes from submission to God. We can't resist without submission. We can't resist the attack of the enemy without submitting to God and his commandments. We can't resist what the devil is trying to do in our life unless we submit to those convictions that he placed in your life to keep you saved. Those convictions are power for you and a way for you to get out of the situations that the enemy would try to tempt you with. Verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The, the Spirit distinctly declared people will leave because of seduction. People will leave because they are seduced by the enemy. The very first thing is seduction. He cannot promote his doctrine without first seducing you. And so how, how does he do that? Well, he hangs things in front of your face to get you to look away. Come over here. And once I have seduced you, now let me tell you what's wrong with the church that you go to. Let me tell you what's wrong with their doctrine. Let me teach you another way. Let me give you something easier to swallow. You don't need to worry about being holy because he settled the score once and for all. He said it was finished. And so when he finished it, what he did is he said, it's okay. I'll accept you as you are. And you can do whatever you want to do. And I will love you 
for all of eternity. Listen, the, the preachers today that are on televisions, and it doesn't have to come behind a pulpit. The luring doesn't have to be behind a pulpit. The devil can seduce God's people in so many different avenues. Well, let's, let's just cover a few. Uh, sports. If sports will keep somebody out of the prayer room and on the courts, then there's seduction. If there are people who have the option to work overtime or come to church and yet they, they choose, it's not mandatory, but they choose to chase that dollar, they're being seduced because they don't really trust God with their finances. Listen, when I make sacrifices, a monetary sacrifice, I know where I am, and I know who has me. I don't have to work extra hours if it keeps me out of the prayer room or it keeps me out of the church. I, I, we've got to, we're not ignorant to his devices, or we are. But, so he, he lures us through so many different avenues. Music. I've, I've heard of apostolic people struggling with music, worldly music, carnality, watching rated R movies, or, or you know, things like that that promote something else. What you set before your eyes will ultimately have you reaching for it. It will have you laying down your convictions and reaching for what God has warned you to stay away from. That conviction inside, oh, here's where the conscience, thank you, Jesus. This is where the conscience is being seared, is, is when you no longer feel the conviction after letting yourself indulge in those things. And over time, you become desensitized to it. You no longer feel the sting of conviction. Oh, but you, now you're just numb. You're not even, you're desensitized to the violence and the chaos that you have allowed into your life. God help us. So the first there's seduction and then the doctrine of devils delivered through man who would, who would lie. The apostasy will happen when, when giving in to the spirits that lead to error. That's why we have to be on guard and, and try the spirits. Not everyone who says they follow Jesus are operating through his spirit. That's the hypocrisy. Because they're seared with a hot iron or to be cauterized, to render insensitive. The doctrines of devils promote a desensitizing to the things of God. It's a numbing, a dulling of the sensitivity of obedience to what God has established as his will and what he has put in place for you to endure to the end. The last times represents the end times. Some shall depart from the faith. And this is the faith Paul was referring to when he said in his second letter to Timothy 4, 7, I have fought, finished, 
kept the faith. I've kept the faith. This is the same faith that Jude wrote about when he said, to wage war on everything that opposes truth. He said, earnestly contend for the faith which was once and for all handed to the saints. Guard it. Fight for it like a soldier who has been entrusted with a sacred task of guarding a holy treasure. Fight for it like a soldier who is willing to die for it. Paul was saying there will be people who would depart who will desert, soldiers who will say the sacred truth is not worth fighting for anymore. I no longer see the need for some of the ancient ways the apostles fought and died for. That was for their day. We live in a different age. Jesus knows my heart. I worship God in my my very own way. We don't have to do that stuff anymore. If Paul died for it and Jude said to contend for it, we can't do anything different. It's just as important today to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints because it is worth fighting for. It is worth standing over like a soldier on guard for that sacred treasure. Don't let me be deceived. Don't let me be uh, seduced to believe the doctrine of devils and be lost. Help me to hold faith to the convictions that you placed in my life, God. There are seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that have caused brothers and sisters to lay down their weapons, surrender their convictions, and desert the treasure those who walked with Jesus died for. We have to remain in the fight. We have to hold to the convictions the Spirit gave to us through His Word and and each one of us individually. It's not time to lay down personal convictions. Well, I was a bit too radical then. I was a bit old-fashioned. No, you were more connected to God and He began to speak to you. He began to deal with you. He began to reveal to you the dangers associated in the world and letting your guard down. Let's all stand. I believe that today, the day that we're living in, From the Council of Nicaea to today, the doctrine of the Trinity has been evolving. Even though the Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, the word of God doesn't evolve with the times. We still have a truth that has been handed to us from generation to generation. 
Oh, and if I, if I let that, if I let the iniquity, if I let the wickedness creep in and allow it to put out the fire in my life, if I give ear to the seducing spirits and I take heed to the doctrine of devils, oh, I will lose a love for the truth. I will lose a love for doctrine. I will lose a love for my convictions. I will lose a love for the apostolic church. I will lose a love for my prayer life. I will lose a love for the word of God. I will just take it as a clock in, clock out. I'll take it as just another thing that I do to ease my troubled mind. Oh, but I will hold on to my convictions. I will hold on to it today. God, let us revisit the altar once again and say, Lord, resurrect the convictions that you've given me once, Lord, because I see it now. I see the dangers in letting my guard down. Listen, I believe that you are here because you have held on to your convictions. I believe that you haven't changed churches because you still believe that you're in the place that God has established you. Oh, and you're listening for His voice. And you say, God, it's been a little rough at times. I've struggled a little uh, here and there, and I'm not where I need to be. I'm not perfect by all means, Lord, but I know that you've, that you've spoken to me. I know that you've revealed some things to me, and I want to hold on to those things. I want to hold on to those things, God. Do you want to visit that altar once again and say, Lord, remind me once again, what is it that I need to do? What do I need to do, God? Will you remind me, Lord, of things that you warned me about so long ago? Will you let it come back to be fresh in my mind and in my heart, Lord? Because I know the enemy has crept in and he's tried. He's tried his best to, to get me to give up. He's tried to discourage me, to get me to stop serving you. He's tried to whisper in my ear. Oh, he's tried to accuse me. He's tried to get me to accuse others. Oh, he's trying to keep me locked into myself, Lord. Oh, but I'm going to surrender one more time. I'm going to lay it down one more time and say, God, let me, let me revisit that place where uh, you first spoke to me and showed me. You showed me what it's going to take to make it to the end, God. Is that the place where you desire to be tonight? Why don't we make a trip down memory lane and say, God, speak to my heart. We've got a few moments here that we can come to the Lord. Lord, take me 
Thank you, Jesus. 